0: Welcome to the old-school meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, which features speakers with long-term abstinence. This meeting was born online, and it's going to stay that way. That means you can attend live on Tuesday evenings at 630 Pacific if you'd like to. Go to the Los Angeles Intergroup's webpage at oalaig.org for login information. And now, our speaker. It is now time for me to tell you what I was like, what happened, what I'm like now, including how and why I stay abstinent today. Um, my name is Jackie. I'm a compulsive over alcoholic. alcoholic. Um, there wasn't much that I wasn't addicted to at one point or another. Uh, this is what I was like. I don't know if you can see this. Um, that was about 30 pounds before I got here, and that was my grand, my grandson. Um, I came in the doors, but that picture doesn't show, is anger, selfishness, pride, attitude, And I thought I was the sweetest thing going ever in the world. I was just so nice. I was not nice. Um, I had spent, let's see, started probably, I started really gaining weight when I was 10 or 11, puberty. Um, The funny thing was, as as a very young child, we left New York when I was three years old because my doctor told my parents, I would not survive another winter in New York city that, uh, asthma, whatever the heck it was, I was sick all the time. And as much as I wanted to say, my parents didn't love me. When finally in this program, I got to look at the fact, the doctor told them on a Monday, on a Wednesday, they were in the car with my grandmother on the way to California. Cause there was a cousin there who was going to take them in until they could get settled. Um, All they had to do was stay in New York and they could have gotten rid of the problem. So I guess they did. Um, I remember being pushed to eat. I remember when I was really little and they're trying to treat me with all kinds of stuff. But somewhere around nine or 10 years old. um, There just wasn't enough food anywhere. And And it didn't come on easy. It came on quick. It came on with puberty. By the time I was 12, my mother was taking me to diet doctors and walking me to the scale at the market with those big scales with the big round faces. You have to be close to as old as I am to even remember them, I think. Um, And I would step on the scale. And if I had lost weight, I was praised. If I had stayed the same, it was... And if I was had gained weight, which was most of the time I had gained weight, there was, there was verbal reaction all the way home because she couldn't understand why I couldn't stop. Yet I truly believe the lady was the most controlled compulsive overeater I've ever known. She had a range. It was 126 to 145. If she weighed 121 pounds, we all had hot fudge sundaes, banana splits, or whatever, after dinner, watching TV. If it was closer to 146, it was cottage cheese, tuna fish, lettuce, not even much in the way of fruits, just a very tight diet. And it was up and down like that on a very regular basis. I started hiding food at a very young age. Um, my favorite bathrobe was the one with the great big pockets. Because I could be in the kitchen and just keep sliding stuff into that pocket, those pockets, and nobody knew but me. And my grandmother, my beloved Bubby, was an amazing baker, and she always had something good, and she always stuck me stuff, snuck me stuff. Um, Lady was less than five feet tall, and her lowest weight as an adult was 207 pounds. But she loved me unconditionally. She was the person in that house that was 100% on my side all the time. And I still miss her. Anyway, um, I went into puberty very, very young. And I had a big chest. And all the young men, young men, boys in, in grammar school and junior high noticed that and commented and commented and commented. And I hated it. The first time I was actively propositioned, it was by an old, older man. I was, I was 11, 10 or 11. Um, and at 10 or 11, I was 36, 25, 37 or 38 was the measurements. And he offered to get me my own apartment. And I, just kid. I looked at him. I said, I don't need an apartment. I live with my parents. Why do you want to live with your parents? So I took off and I went home and I told my mother about this. And her response was, you can't wear polo shirts anymore. I, why? Because boys like girls in polo shirts. None of it made any sense. I dated a lot, even though I was very overweight. I had a tiny weight and a and a big bosom and big hips. So if any of you remember poodle skirts and horsehair slips and crinolines, if you didn't knock books off desks as you walked down the aisle in class, you didn't have enough slips on. And the bottom one was always horsehair, so it really held them up. We were crazy, too. <laughs> was really crazy. I decided the answer was to get married and get out of the house. At the day of my 16th birthday, when I woke up, I was laying in bed and I had the sheet pulled over my head. I was laying there listening to the, the family and the talking and the noise in the rest of the house. And I thought, I got to get out of here. I just have to get out of here but nice Jewish girls in those days did not leave the house unless they were going to college or married. There was the magic word married. I wasn't going to wait long enough to go to college. I wanted out. So I found a young man who was crazy as I was, who was willing to get married at 17 and 18 years old. And that's what I did. Uh, And as it continued up and down, up and down, up and down, I went to a therapist because I realized, finally realized there was really something very, very seriously wrong with how I lived and how I felt and how I hid. Uh, I could, didn't have to leave the house on the weekend. I could just sit in the bedroom and eat, you know, bring anything in there and watch TV and eat. She's not a very good mother. Um, But this therapist pushed me into OA as fast and as hard as she could. And I thought it was crazy. I had gone to one meeting years before, and I walked into, it was in the basement of a Lutheran church, and there were religious symbols all over the walls. And I'm sitting in the back of this room looking around, thinking this is no place for a nice little Jewish girl from Brooklyn. This just doesn't work. And I did not come back for years. But when I came back, it was in a bank. It was in an office in a bank. No, wait, I'm sorry. It was a long time ago. Uh, It was in the, um, there was an emergency hospital on Riverside Drive. It was a regular hospital as well. Anyway, they had a lot of OA meetings there. And, and it was in that meeting room, and it was a woman's meeting, and I walked in the door with my Eskimo, and all these women were standing around talking to each other and being together, and a lot of them were normal body size, and I'm watching this, and I said to Linda, my Eskimo, I said, I don't know what it is, but that's what I want. She had already told me to see someone who had had what I wanted and asked them to tell me how to get there. I said, that's what I want. I says, they're comfortable. Look at them. They're talking to each other. They're laughing. I was raised in such a way that I thought every woman was, was a, um, competition. Everything was a competition. They all wanted your husband. They all wanted. I mean, it was that's the way. I, that's what I thought. And I'm seeing these people genuinely involved with one another, and it looked like heaven to me. And she turned around and looked at me. She says, "You can have it. I promise you. You can have it if you do what you're told." We all have this program we have these 12 steps we have these traditions we have a way of doing things and if you want to work the steps and you want to do the work you can have what you see that was all I needed to hear I don't care I, whatever it is you want me to do I'll do it I asked her to sponsor me she said she was full but she loved working with newcomers so she'd give me 90 days While I looked around and found somebody to be my sponsor, she says, "And she says, our suggestions are just that—they're suggestions. But the first ninety days, my suggestions are written in stone." Okay, you will do ninety meetings in in ninety days. You will call me at six thirty in the morning. Every day of the week, and you will tell me what you're going to eat for that day. If you need to change it for any reason, you leave me a message or you talk to me first. You don't have to have a conversation with me. Just tell me what it is. I'll go, "Uh uh-huh, and that's it. And um, write a food history. When did you first remember eating too much and hurting from as much as you ate? Anyway, so this was how we started. I started in OA knowing that the only way I could have what I wanted was if I took direction, worked the steps, used the the tools, and showed up. Now, she sponsored me until I got another sponsor. That sponsor looked at me and said, When somebody asks you to be of service, your answer will be, thank you, God, for letting me be of service. Thank you. And somebody will show you what to do if you don't know how to do it. Now, I'm 33 years in this program in June, by God's grace. Thank you. By God's grace and my hard work. I mean, I'm, I, I know God's on my side. I know I'm abstinent and, and, and all the other gifts I've gotten this program because of turning to God and, and learning how to live a, a life that way. But damn it, I had to bust my ass to do the work. I, I, I've never heard of God popping down into your kitchen and slapping the fork out of your hand. I had to put down the fork. I had to do what you guys told me would work. And the people who told me that stuff looked like they had done what worked. I didn't know what the side gifts were going to be. I didn't know that I would develop decent relationships with my five children. I was not a good mother they were not all good children i mean there was just a lot of stuff i w- i have one kid who i thought was going to be arrested shot Five in minutes. A drug, thank you shot in a drug deal or 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 beat up by somebody else's husband uh positive something the guy works in the medical field he's a really good man and a wonderful father so i guess um he got past it. I told. I told him when I made amends to him, I, going to five kids and making amends is not all that easy. Um, but when I made amends to him and I, I said to him, I says, I don't, I don't know. I said, I don't know if it's in spite of me or because of me, but I do know you pulled yourself up by your own bootstraps and you're amazing. And it was, it was delicious to feel that way. But that, for me, is another gift of this program. I had a hellish day today. It was It was just plain a horrible day. No, that's not fair. This one issue is a horrible issue. And I'm not anywhere near done with it yet. So what I did today was after I got off the phone, after I stopped crying, I told God all the things I was grateful for because I had been pissed off at him when this first started. Um, Named all the things I was grateful for. Visited my daughter in the the rehab where she's starting to feel better and get stronger. Um, Just did a number of things and came home and wrote which is one of the tools in this program I rely on like crazy. And I, I wrote, and it was, I finally got to that. Okay. I know I, 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 what can I do to be of value in this? And I made a list of the things I could find people to pray, call a prayer circuit, get, get her name on the prayer circuit. Do, you, the things I could do. And then I made a list of the things I couldn't do. I can't get on a plane and go where she is. Can't happen. I can't fix it. I can't make it better. I can't even choose what to pray for in this particular instance. All I know is that I can pray for God's will. And ask the family to be as be strong and gentle one with this as they possibly can be. And that is the gift of this program. Many years ago, this would have been going into the kitchen, taking the little counter stool, moving it up in front of an open refrigerator door and starting at the top. I mean, many years ago when I was 21, I, I lost a child. I gained 30 odd pounds in two months. Couldn't stop eating because this program. I I don't think about that. That's not who I am. That's not what I do. What I do is the things you guys taught me over the years. Make a gratitude list. Include the little stuff. Talk to God. Talk to people who people who who have a spiritual base that you can connect with. Call the people who can help you. I love you, Mr. Carl. Call the people who can help you. And that's what I do. There is nothing, nothing quite like this program. I have five children. I have decent relationships with all five. I have 10 grandchildren. This sounds like bragging. My granddaughter lives with her husband and child across the street. My other, my, one of my grandson lives down a block and a half because they, they know that this program has taught me not to get involved in their business so they can be close without being overwhelmed. Hello. I am so very grateful for this program and for you people. I cannot even begin to tell you the gift of having the, men and women in these rooms in my life has been for the last 33 years. Thank you for letting me share.